listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Um, I don't have my tea, but uh, I, I should pour something here. Uh, Jackie, hi. Hello, and welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. My name is Jackie Clayton, and I'm here with the ever wonderful, but a little punch drunk, Katie Van Horn. You can call it punch. Sure. Let's go with that. (laughs) No, I actually, I am a hundred percent sober. I just feel, uh, yeah, I am completely punchy right now, but it's all good. Um, I think it's also the Tuesday before Thanksgiving fever. Like I, it's like the spring fever where you're like, yeah, I I don't think I can work anymore today because I have too many things to do. That would be much better. It's Listen, all. can I tell you something? This is like right. legit. And everybody, please bear with me. This might not sound great. And this year was really challenging. As people know, my mother passed away. What y'all don't know is that every year, my mother had this huge holiday party. And in the last five years or so, friends have taken over the holiday party. And you buy tickets, and it's this whole thing for the scholarship fund, which is the whole thing. But... If you've ever had a parent pass, you know, you go through mourning and then you go through this really silly point where you're like, oh, I don't have to wear lipstick at dinner anymore. Okay, let's look at the positives like you're trying to. So one of the things every year my mother would call and ask me to buy these tickets to this to this party. And it was like just the worst part of my year because they'd be like, oh, and be like, I got a check. I need a check. Now all my mother's friends. I've gotten like 15 calls today about the check to go to the holiday party. And I can't wait. I thought that was one of the things I was going to be able to check off my list. No. No. So I understand that, you know, pressure of all the things that you have to do on top of all of the normal things that you have to do. All the things plus all the things. But all right. Without further ado, uh, we do have a a wonderful guest with us today that we're very excited about. Uh, So uh, Jessica, if you would like to introduce yourself and share a little about who you are with our listeners. Hey, I'm Jess Miller Merrill or JMM as a lot of people call me. I am not doing anything for Thanksgiving and not having anybody over and it is going to be amazing. I will We're say not that. Jealous. We're not jealous. We're not jealous. We're going to keep saying that to ourselves. <laughs> but I will have to face the inevitable visit to my family sooner or later, which they're lovely. I am very lucky to have parents and sisters, but... I'm also very lucky to live more than five hours away, um, which makes it harder to come and visit. Anyway, uh, my name's Jess and I do training for human resources and recruiting leaders. I have a a blog out there on the internet called Workology and I just love sharing resources and information for HR leaders. And I had done that since my blog started in 2000 and five, 2007, somewhere, uh, many, many years ago when I was barely legal, I started a blog. <laughs> I love your blog. I've been following forever. It's interesting to call you a guest. It's like, we're really having a friend. It's just old friends coming back, back yes. together. But I also, you know, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your TikToks. I love your TikTok channel. Oh, thank I, you. I, okay. What? I don't know. It is the best TikTok channel. Why is that? Tell me. Besides 
just like the normal HRs. Because you ever feel seen and heard? You know those days, like we were talking earlier before we started recording about HR, just like the world of HR and the things that we go through in our in our work. And then you like, there are times where you're like, no one would believe me. And then you can say, Jessica Miller, not only does Jess believe you, fully understands and can create a TikTok in this little tiny amount of time where you're like, that, that is what exactly what I'm feeling right now. That's exactly what I'm going through right now. And I and it just makes me laugh. Plus they're all, you know, they're really good. And Jess doesn't take herself very seriously. So there's always a little flair, whether it's a dance or a background or a beverage or a thing, there's always something going on. And it just makes my whole day. I love it. I'm gonna, uh, I- my TikTok's workology blog is, is the TikTok account. Okay. And um, it's, it's kind of a hot mess of like a lot of different things, but I've tried to keep it like down to five topics that, that I've been focused on. But like this week, since it's Thanksgiving, I feel like a lot of my time is spent cleaning up my email. So I did one where I was like pretending I was a ninja kicking and punching, yes, which was me fighting my email. So, but then I might talk about affirmative action and how to use in human resources in the next video you see. So that's right. it kind of fits me, which is a little, a little crazy, uh, but hopefully a, a lot of fun. I do get a lot of trolls from people who are like, HR is a bunch of losers. They only care about the company um, sort of thing. And those are my favorites because I actually have videos already pre-ready of like me making a voice or screaming or something that I just upload their comment to and then distribute it out on TikTok. <laughs> And then I tell them, I'm sorry, their mom hurt them or HR. Right. Something like that. So anyway. So I know what I'm doing for the rest of the afternoon after we're done recording. I will be on TikTok. uh, No. All of the things. Yes. No. No, you should be getting ready for your your 27 million guests. No, I I don't want to do that. That doesn't count at all. Yeah. I would would prefer to do this. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I like your, your stuff better than my stuff. So I, I don't want to do my stuff. Um, okay. So Jess, I know that one of the topics that you are very passionate about is really around mental health and, and well-being or, you know, whatever terms we want to use. I think, you know, there's a lot of different terms. And so, you know, one of the reasons why Jackie and I, well, we wanted to join because we love you and adore you, but we also just want to, you know, have a conversation about, um, mental health and and well being and and kind of your perspective on some of these things and and maybe you know whatever part of, parts of your journey you'd like to share as well. Sure. Well, I'm an open book, so uh, no question is is off limits or story really. Um, I just think a lot of people are going through a lot of shit right now, uh, particularly HR professionals. Employees are going through it. Leaders are going through it. Uh, your family is going through things. We're just acclimating back into the world post COVID. And I personally made a lot of choices or thought a lot about when I was in uh, lockdown about what I wanted my life to look like when things return to return to normal. And now that things have returned to normal and I'm using air quotes, when I say return to normal, I have decided that the normal that I envisioned isn't really what I want anymore. Um, and I have really been focused on my own like mental health and uh, boundaries. I started during COVID just to kind of give everybody an idea. Um, when we were able to go back out, I found a Pilates studio to start working out. 
um, and then eventually started at a yoga studio that opened up um, not too far from my house. And um, we were still, I was still going to yoga and I was fully masked when I was there to kind of give you an idea. And it's hot yoga. So it's like a hundred. So um, when I first started, uh, I could probably do maybe half of a class. And at first I was really mad at myself. And then I was like, Hey, it's better than not doing any class. Um, and it has been really great for my like emotional and mental well-being. Um, I'm also much healthier. I have um, lost over 60 pounds and um, I just feel a lot better. It's led to a lot of other changes in my life. And that's sort of helped me come to this place where I have said no a lot more. Hence why I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything for Thanksgiving uh, just because, uh, well, I got shit going on. And uh, it wasn't going to work the 11 hour round trip uh, to drive back to, to my family's um, place in Kansas. So that's a little bit about me. I've been talking about it uh, because uh, I don't think, I think a lot of people are going through it. Like I'm hearing from people who are having mental breakdowns. They're not sharing, they're um, experiencing a lot of stress and um, they're not talking about it publicly. I don't work for anybody but myself. So I guess I could fire me, um, but <laughs> I can, I can say the things that others can't or don't want to say. So I have been talking a lot about my own uh, personal health and, and my mental health uh, really over the last couple of years. And I think, you know, uh, first off, thank you for sharing and, and thank you for being open about it because I think one of the the things I truly appreciate and love seeing your post is really, you know, part of the, we're all on this journey. And especially for folks that are in HR, it has been, I mean, it's been rough. It's been rough for a few years. And I would say even, you know, prior to COVID, but, you know, all of us have seen a few folks who have had, as you said, kind of those breakdowns or we've lost them, uh, and it is that like, you don't have to do this alone. There are folks. And so I, I appreciate how open you are about your journey. So thank you for that. I, I think it's really important to, for, to, to have transparency uh, and give people permission to be able to not write me a message or say, I'm going through my own stuff right now, but just to like a post or just know that there's somebody out here uh, like them who is, or maybe not like them, but somebody who's willing to share in and going uh, through things. Um, I do try to keep some things to myself. I don't share everything on the internet, but um, I have done an incredible amount of personal work on myself really over the last five years. There's a lot of things that people don't see. They might see me on TikTok dancing and having fun, but then two hours earlier, I might've been in the bedroom curled up in a ball, kind of like having a moment. And I just want to say that those are all a part of life. Um, and, but we have a choice on how we, um, can choose to heal or to, to work through those things um, that we're experiencing. Um, the other thing I'll say real quick is just to give people a backstory on me. Um, I've had a blog for a long time. I've written about a lot of things in my life. So sharing these kind of things aren't new. 
and I don't expect everyone to, you don't have to share if you don't want, that's, that's um, the beauty of the internet. Um, but I've talked about things over the years. Um, I'm a domestic abuse survivor. And then I've also had my own um, like personal experience with like having miscarriage and things like that, that I've shared on the internet uh, on my blog over the years. So this just seemed kind of um, okay. Uh, once I was okay um, to be able to talk about the things that I've been working on and what I've been thinking about. Um, I also think that because there's so many women in the HR industry um, and a lot of the content or the conversations are driven by men who don't necessarily have the same understanding of what we go through as women, um, it's really important to have a female voice, whether it's me or you guys in, in the conversation out there uh, sharing, because in a space that's 85% female, uh, we're often the minority in most conferences or events. I think you're, I think you're right. And there's, there really is a different experience as you, you know, you're going through life and you just experience more life. But I think there's been such a big shift that no one was ready for, no one was prepared for. And we're not, at, we're, we might be out of like the COVID piece per se, we're not out of the impact of the things that have happened, like what we're seeing where um, it has affected people's mental health, but we're still seeing what that impact is like on the world of work. And I, I appreciate you saying that and sharing, because I think it does make people feel more safe sharing and also get the help that they may need, that they may not have considered, or um, you do feel alone in in those moments or you're not sure what what to share or how to share um of, of those pieces and it's interesting how when you do that people can relate to you and it makes it okay and i feel like there's pieces that we just have to name on what it is or um this morning i i, I had to reach out to my team and i was like okay on an anxiety level from like a one to ten i'm at a solid six like a perma six which I was like, let me explain what that means. That means if my shoelace breaks, I'm out. <laughs> like, if anything goes wrong, if that's on for more time, we're all going to feel that. We're all going to feel that right now. So, like, I need a minute. I'm canceling meetings just to figure out where this is coming from. I think it, and it, for me, it is the holidays. Maybe I should have said, no, I'm not cooking anything. But it, it is, when you see that, you make it okay for others to do that. And... I would want to ask, even from an HR perspective, I want to talk about people looking at benefits, only because there's a lot of resources, right? There's things out there that kind of fall under the umbrella of mental health or other resources that a lot of people, they use, they don't use, it's cliche. I would want to ask, and maybe tell me if you don't know the answer, but I'm wondering, what do you think from a benefits perspective is probably the most like underutilized when it comes to things like mental health? Um, so mental health or wellness is a really broad category. So that's the first thing I would want to say, like what I might need for mental health might be like meditation classes and you might need something else. You might need financial wellness, or maybe you need uh, just support because you have a, a, a parent that is at that's getting older and now you're in the position of caregiver. Like there are so many different facets to like 
mental health and, and the mental, the mental wellness space. So I think, well, probably therapy is, is probably the most underutilized and, um, it doesn't have to be like a therapist per se, like going to therapy. It could be working with a life coach. It could be, um, I went through during COVID two years of really intensive training on neuro-linguistic programming or NLP. And I was surrounded by therapists the whole time uh, I was in this training program, but it was wonderful. And it was really about, it was hard, but it was all about learning about yourself um, and your triggers and being able to like, just not fully understand, but just like the awareness around them and then questions to ask yourself or others. So I, I think as much as I don't like the EAP programs in general, I do think that they are good and that many of them do offer like referral services and or benefits programs do have like 10 or 15, maybe free therapy sessions, but with telehealth and uh, online therapy so common, I think uh, even if you need to talk to somebody for 15 minutes, uh, having a therapist can really be a game changer um, just for you to be able to work through a feeling or emotion, you know, um, I wish more people would be okay with therapy. Um, I know so many therapists and, um, they're amazing people who do such great work to help, um, I don't know, help us move forward or at least process the things that we're feeling and thinking about. I agree. And, uh, I, I actually just added more telehealth uh, resources for the employee group that I support. And, and I think that I, I, I am going to answer your question too, Jackie, and I'm going to actually say EAP because I think there are so many things that they offer all of the things that you just mentioned, Jess, but I think we don't, as HR professionals, we don't do a good job of promoting it and it's being paid for by the company. So the more we can, um, you know, promote those things. And yeah, they normally have some sort of set a number of therapy visits or kind of telehealth, whatever that might be for mental health. Um, but I, I, I think for you start talking to folks and saying, Hey, did you know that they have this? Did you know that they have that? I had years ago, a, a gentleman who had um, PTSD and was in crisis and we got someone on the phone with him and had, you know, and I think those are the things that people don't realize are available. And so they just think it is, I have to go it alone. But I would also say, you know, from a therapy perspective, I go to a therapist uh, and I absolutely, she has been a lifesaver um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, you mentioned something right at the beginning of this of boundaries. And it, she is the person that has helped me to know what my triggers are, know what those boundaries that I need to set for myself. Um, and so I, I want to ask you kind of the next question around boundaries of how did the folks around you react to you setting boundaries, whether that's your family or, you know, co I, I coworkers as in, you know, people that you are working with, whatever that might be. I will say I've lost a lot of friends uh, because I had some boundaries and I don't necessarily think I've lost them necessarily. We just weren't in alignment with where they were in their life and where I am in, in my life. Uh, some folks have taken it a little personally and sent me text messages and I'm just like, it just, you know, 
this isn't what I'm all about anymore. And it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's, it's just uh, not where I want to be. Um, I like to, um, as a leader, like kind of lead by showing and setting the example, because it gives again, people permission to be able to do those things as well. For me, I think the really big teacher is, is my daughter. And I think a lot about her. She's going to be 15 here in a few weeks. And um, she's such a great kid. And she's just her own person. And uh, she makes me want to be a better person. And then thinking about like who who she's going to grow up to be and the things uh, that I want for her uh, in terms of like her ability to choose uh, who she is. Um, and for me, like this focus time on healing that I have been doing, um, it means that I have to say no to a lot of things. And the hardest thing for me is really saying no to people in email and phone calls or DMs on LinkedIn or whatever, who always want something from you. Like they want you to speak on their webinar. They want you to go to their happy hour, come by my booth and do these things. And as a recovering people pleaser, it, I want to say yes to all the things I want to be liked. I want to be to people to be excited to see me. I want people to be happy. And I was giving people all those things, but I wasn't making me happy. Uh, I was happy because they were happy, but it really wasn't like, it wasn't long-term happiness. It was just like surface happiness. So um, deciding on what those things are, uh, I think are really important. And then um, trying out no a little bit, because if you say no to one thing, the world didn't end. People didn't get mad because I didn't go by their booth at HR Tech or go to them to happy hour. Like I just saw them in the hallway and waved. Uh, it was all good. Uh, but the free time has really opened me up uh, to be able to do more things uh, focused on me and my family. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have been really guided to... Um, and I'm not picking my nose right now. I'm just fixing my nose ring, just so you know. Like, I, I hate that I have the little thing on it. So anyway. We can confirm she's not picking her nose, folks, <laughs> just FYI. For those of you who are just listening and not watching the YouTube, you have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. But that's okay. Everything's that's fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, um, so these boundaries and have given me free time to sort of decide what I want to do. And right now I have been really guided to be focused on meditation, which um, when I think of meditation, I think of like laying on the ground for 10 minutes, like at the end of yoga, um, but it's um, incredibly different. And so I have been doing this 11 minute meditation. My goal is 40 days and it is a mantra uh, meditation and um, you're supposed to be able to do it consecutively 40 days and then it's supposed to change your life. So I've been trying that. I had to restart over because I missed one, my 21st day I missed. And so now I'm back. Yeah, I know I'm back on, on my 15th um, day, but it has been um, really good for my anxiety levels. And just, I feel so great. I do it at the first part of the day. Um, I tried to do it at the end of the day. And that's when I messed up because I went out with John Baldino and a bunch of people at Sherman inclusion. And then it was like midnight and I went to bed. Cause I had had drinks. It's, it's always John's fault. Let's just, it is. It's always it is. John's fault. Yeah, I love him. And I, 
I appreciate him walking me back to the hotel just to make sure I was safe, but yes. Um, yes. So great. So yeah. So, um, the boundaries have freed me up to be able to do more things that I want to do, like just hobbies or maybe things that I have um, been un like, haven't had time, um, to do in the past. And right now the meditation thing, I think for me is, um, particularly important just because I want to see where it's going to go. Um, I'm in the middle of yoga teacher training right now. Um, I will be finished in April and I'm doing this type of yoga called Kundalini. Mm. It's just all about moving energy through your body and like, um, opening yourself up, um, and removing just stagnant energy and trauma, which, um, as a domestic abuse survivor, I have a lot of unresolved trauma, um, that I'm focused on and meditation is for me, an important part of that. I think that it's, I love that you started with movement and, and started doing that piece. It's something that it's like, so like personally is so difficult. It's one of those that if you do it, you'll have more energy and you want to, but you don't have energy, any energy to get started. Um, but I also like looking at that of mental health and, and wellness. There's a lot of different facets that people need to look at and going through this process can even help you to see what those are when people are saying like I don't know where to start I don't know what to do I don't know where where those things are and, it, and it's it's like get started like first of all just get started but I'm also like I don't know if proud of you is the word but I'm proud that to know that you've gone through that journey and that someone's done that has done the hard work and can speak to it. Cause I think a lot of people speak from a surface level and don't have those true examples of all the things that can, that can help. Because as we kind of made mention earlier, it has been really difficult and challenging in HR. And we know that within this field, it can be. Um, and a lot of people in HR don't have an HR to go to for their own needs. And so it's like looking at those, making sure that you have those places of support, just hard, work is hard, life is hard. And within this industry, you have to stay up a lot of the time and be ready to have the conversations and show up the way that people are needing when you don't always feel like it. That's why I like the power of the internet and uh, scheduling things because I can show up and still show up for me. Um, and I guess I would encourage HR people to find different ways to utilize automation or tech tools so that you can have some space, um, or, or places, or, you know, where it's the holidays right now, like not answering your phone, um, or checking your email. Those are small things that are boundaries that we can create. I have this amazing thing called do not disturb on my iPhone and it is on all the time. Actually. Wait, what? I've never huh? heard this thing. What? What's that? Um, so I tried this experiment um, where I basically, because I get phone calls from random salespeople. The, I got a fax machine calling me now and leaving me voicemails, right? Benefits, oh. whatever, equity, something, something. HR ladies with questions, which I want to hear those. But if you have my personal cell phone number, unless you're in my phone, it goes automatically to voicemail. And then every time. So I even say on my voicemail message, I do not answer this number from uh, from numbers not in my address book. 
if you would like me to call you back, send me a text or leave me a voicemail. And then it automatically goes to voicemail every single time. Um, and the world hasn't ended. Everything is fine. Actually, I have more peace because I just tell people because they're like, oh, I tried to call you the other day. And I'm like, yeah, I don't answer my phone if you're not in my address book. Like, did you listen to the voicemail? Oh, no, I didn't. But I figured I'd call you tomorrow. Okay, well, great. But uh, it's that's a small way to create a boundary. I know that like if I was an HR person in an organization, it might be a little bit different, right? So I might have my, I might have, I would probably um, add a second number on my phone and then have that only available during certain times of the day. Um, and those would be key times where I'd be able to answer calls uh, or or whatever. But since I'm an entrepreneur, again, I, I could, I guess I could fire myself, but I make the rules for myself. And I just don't answer calls. And the business that we've created uh, with our online training is all online and on demand. Nothing is an emergency. If they didn't get their downloadable um, <laughs> flashcards, they can wait until my team, I have a full-time person on my team who is, who is available to answer questions from nine to five, Monday through Friday. And um, I just normally, if somebody gets to me, like sometimes I'll get random Facebook messages, which is fine. I want, I want people to reach out, but I just direct them over to my person on my team. And then that's his area of expertise. So I think that boundaries, uh, can be small, but just try one, just try not answering your phone this week, you know, for like in the evenings and see what happens. It's so great because you can actually spend time with whatever you love doing and with whoever you, you want to spend time with doing whatever. It's fantastic. I think that's such a critical piece that I, I, the idea of turning off my phone or putting it on do not disturb makes my stomach hurt. Um, and I'm sure that's probably where you started as well. Um, but I, I would also say, I love the idea of having other folks that are there to pick up some of the things that just, you know, you need to focus on this or you need to, you know, do what you need to do to be creating business or whatever that might, might look like. Um, I, I especially like the idea of, you know, you setting those boundaries, but then also what you're choosing to do at that time instead and, and how you're like the, the fact that you're doing the yoga and you're, you know, doing these different things that, you know, had we approached you five, 10 years ago, would you believe that you would be in this place that you were, you know, doing these things? And I think that's the part, like right now in Arizona, we're in the beautiful weather time. And so I don't know what else in the country is, but this is when I love to go hiking. Like when it is, you know, July, August, September, I don't feel great because I don't get to go outside because it's so hot other than in the pool. But I, I love that you're choosing to create time by eliminating and putting boundaries on other pieces. Cause I think that's part of this is that I, you know, I'd like I'm sure a lot of people listening are thinking, oh, I don't have time for that, or I don't have time for this, or I don't have time to go to yoga or go and do these things. And it's a choice. It is a choice. And I will say that I was that person. And I, so I had this podcast interview when I first moved to Austin, which I was a mess when I moved here because I was still doing, I just took and taken this client where I was basically running their marketing for their HR tech company, right? This startup. 
I, and we moved because I wanted to start another business. I started a co-working space here in town. So I relocated five hours away, moved, started a business, started a new client. I couldn't even like, like I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning to work because this company was in Israel. It was a nightmare. I don't know why, like, I didn't even know that I was that overwhelmed because I was so overwhelmed. So what I'm saying is that I've been there. And so I was on this podcast and I interviewed this woman. Her name is uh, um, Maura Neville Thomas. She lives actually here in Austin and she has a, a book called, um, what is it called? I'm looking at my, um, thing. oh, um, I'm looking at my bookshelf. It's called Work Without Walls. And um, my marketing specialist went to her presentation and loved her. So I had her on the podcast and I read her book and we're on this podcast and, you know, I can't even like focus on my conversation with her because I have a million things to do. And she told me uh, that boundaries are important to allow people to be the most productive and creative. I couldn't even wrap my head around this. I'm like, really? How? Like my phone is going off. My watch is pinging like every five seconds with text messages and emergencies. And she's like, you just need to quiet everything around you. And then you can truly focus on the one thing. Uh, in my mind, I felt like I needed to be busy, that it was the, it was showing other people that I was important. And what it was doing was keeping me from getting anything done because my attention was being pulled in a bunch of different directions. So um, she suggested that I, I think it's even on my podcast, she suggested that I just turn off the notifications on my watch for like 24 hours and see what happens. Um, and I tried it and again, nobody died. There were no emergencies. It was quiet when I was on my podcast. I wasn't constantly going like this. I could actually have a real conversation. And I just felt, um, so much better, like present. Um, so I think again, that was me in that space. Um, it's taken me quite a while to get here. Um, but once I decided to be here, then it's just, okay, what else can I not remove or, but just set aside right now, because it's not a priority, um, for me, uh, in, in my life at the moment, it doesn't mean that it's not important. It's just not, um, a priority for right now. And, uh, for my mental health, it's been a lot better now my business, I had to completely restructure because my focus is other places, right? Like I'm going to yoga class, I'm doing teacher training, I'm being more present with my daughter. Uh, that meant that I can't work 80 hours a week anymore. So I have had to, over the last 24 months, restructure everything uh, so it is more automated and delegate over to other people uh, so that I can uh, not be um, so overwhelmed and overloaded. So it, it takes time to, to get to this place, but I will tell you on the other side of things, and I might need to listen to this interview to just convince myself again when in about like three <laughs> hours, but it feels really good. Like it's, I'm planning for all my Black Friday and my Cyber Monday promotion for my course. That is all done. I think I have one email to write and a video to shoot. And, you know, this is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. My goal is to sell a hundred courses between now and the end of Cyber Monday. Um, and it's all done, which is really weird to say, like, now I just need the people to buy the things or for them to feel that there's value there. I'm not going to be on social media a ton asking people to buy the course or telling them, um, I'm just going to put the faith in me that I did all the work to be able to make it happen. 
uh, and then hopefully uh, at the end of Cyber Monday, that'll be a good thing. And then I can make my payroll and pay my people. I, I'm, I'm glad in listening to you and, and talking about taking those things, I'm going to shift us in a little bit of a different direction because of your book, Digitizing Talent. And you were talking about quieting the space when you're listening to that book. And then part of what the book is so cool is just in talking about, there's just so much noise in the talent space. It's just getting noisier and noisier. Like it used to just be the ultraviolet lights. Now there's like a steady drum beat. There's like some freaking, you know, drum and bass over here. There's like a marching band over here. There's so much noise in the recruiting space. And you kind of like take a look at that landscape. I, I would love for you to talk more about your book and that space and kind of how that relates to quieting the space. Yeah, well, um, I think that I, so I've been in recruiting for a long time. I started basically sourcing candidates on dating websites in 2001. That's how I, I did started it. And, and I, it was not a necessity because I didn't have any money. I spent it all on newspapers and I was working for target in the beginning. Right. And I needed to hire like department managers, specialists, stockroom people, like people from my retail store. I'm 23 years old, running a $50 million target store as the head of HR. I had no training. In HR, they just put me there because I said I was relocatable and said, <laughs> you're good. Have a good time. That feels right. That feels right. It does. It, it does. It does. Uh, I'm glad for it, but I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't pay attention to any of the HR stuff that was in the training because that's for HR. I mean, I was your typical manager. And then I get there and I'm like, holy shit. Like, we had, I had to do my first employee investigation. I knew nothing. I was so clueless. But um, so in the recruiting space, like I started using tools differently. And only um, when I started my blog, did I realize that that was unusual because people started asking me to come be on panels and talk about how I was using MySpace or a forum to hire people. Um, but I really wanted a book that was comprehensive of the entire digital like an online recruitment landscape because there really isn't one that exists like you can pick up something from jerry crispin from you know 2000 1995 time frame but it's not up to date yet um so i wanted to bring all those things in a single place because there is so much noise and there's a lot of people on the internet who say a lot of things and share a lot of resources and book podcasters. And I mean, all these different people, it's easy to just spend your full-time job, just listening to everybody else. Um, so I wanted a really researched resource that had all the, all the information that you could, you could possibly, possibly want. Um, and kind of talk about um, artificial intelligence and accessibility and inclusion, because I also think those get left out of the conversation because people don't think that online recruitment can be inclusive. It's exclusive, but if you're intentional about it, it can be really effective. Um, and I devoted a huge part of my book to accessibility uh, of career sites, uh, particularly for people with disabilities, because that's another part of the conversation that gets, I feel like, left out um, of internet and online recruiting. Because normally you have a sourcer write a book or you have a, a recruiter who maybe hasn't managed a budget or a team 
or um, just really looked at things like from a you know 20,000 uh, foot level. So the book is really designed to be a resource on all things recruiting um, so that you can get a, a single source. And I will say that right now it's louder than ever. Um, I even feel like on Twitter, like it's getting really loud because people are out of work. It feels very 2008 to me on Twitter because everybody was on Twitter and they were all talking and they were all pontificating on recruitment and whatever else. And they have every right to be there. But it was because not that they were experts. It was because they didn't have any clients right now at that point. And they needed to feel important because maybe they didn't have a lot of clients to work with. Uh, so I think that's what's happening in this very moment. And then you have the vendors in the space who have a lot of money uh, or they're funded, well-funded, and they all want to be thought leaders too. So it's even more noisy than it was before. Um, Loud. And it's all generated from a computer. <laughs> it's like... it, I'm, exactly. I'm telling you, I did use it. Speaking of generative AI, I did use a tool. We've been experimenting with some generative AI content and we like uploaded my chapter on artificial intelligence into this tool and then asked it to write about generative AI in recruitment. It was like it broke the machine. It was the worst <laughs> piece of crap that I have ever read in my entire life. And then I was thinking about that AI movie. It wasn't, it was like uh, that one where they're like, do you, would you like to play a game? You know, mm. I feel like it was going to war on itself and it was going to explode, but it was horrible. Um, so yeah, a lot of things aren't being written by like actual people any longer. Um, so I think it's important to find a source and, um, an expert or an organization that really isn't committed to training um, and and stick with that person because the future is going to be so it's not you're not even going to know what's being written by a real person or some chat GPT uh, piece of tech that's telling you about the seven most important tools for the future of recruitment. It, it doesn't even know. It's just regurgitated. You can tell by the emojis when they put a rocket emoji, like how far, how you have to scroll really far to get to the rocket emoji. <laughs> I love that. We should do some sort of research um, and put the content through like an AI detection tool. There's a whole, there's a whole group of people that are even like putting stuff through multiple AI tools so that it can't detect the detection. It's, it's super fascinating. Yeah. And, 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 and scary all at the same time, but I, I I like where you're going with this too, because I think, you know, we, we do hear from a lot of the same people at times or whoever's not busy with clients that needs to get out there and get seen so they can hopefully get more clients or whatever it might be. And then we do have those big spenders at the different conferences that are also speaking because they paid for a slot and it, it is so the regurgitation of information and I'm thinking of a specific person and I don't know Jackie knows who I am um but like those folks we've seen the same presentation at seven different conferences because they can write the biggest check but it's the same stuff it's not giving us new information or helping us with what we're in the thick of day in and day out and you know and I think that's part of it too is how do we get through that noise and that clutter to actual experts, not folks that 
are just touting themselves as an expert or an ally or a, whatever you want, want to call it. Um, it's just, it is fascinating. I, I think uh, the group here is a good place to start if you want a recommendation or suggestion, because I, and I think I, I, I will speak for all of us, but I think that all of us would recommend somebody else if they were the expert instead of ourselves, right? Like I, even if it means that I'm, I'm going to lose out on a, on a revenue opportunity for my business, I want to put you with the right person that's going to support your business that actually knows what they're doing, um, and can, can actually help. Um, and so finding those people in whatever space that you're in, um, because there are all sorts of people out there, um, who, you know, they just maybe have the money to, to pay for some LinkedIn ads or whatever, or their job is just to be influential. There's nothing wrong with those folks. Um, but I want to, I, they have a team of people that writes their content. Um, they don't actually read or come up with the content. And, and I had somebody edit my book. I mean, we all, we all need people to help us. Right. Um, but um, you really need to connect with somebody who is really passionate about the industry or where you're working and wants to help further it versus make a, a bunch of money or a buck or um, just be famous on the internet because uh, famous on the internet is one thing, uh, but actually helping move the industry forward to a better place uh, is another. It's uh, we, I think you all saw recently we had a HR influencers list published and um, going back to John, he was a little fired up that he wasn't on there. Um, but there, like, if you looked at the list, it was, when has this person been influential? When have they given advice or guided or impacted this community or this space, whatever, you know, whatever it is in HR. And there were so many folks on there that it was like, huh, okay. I, I would not have put that name on that list, but okay. Um, but then there are so many folks that are doing great stuff in this space and, and know their shit and can tell you, here's what you should do if you want to do this better. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, again, it's getting through to who are those people that we really can trust and do trust and, want to hear more from. So absolutely. So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's one of the reasons that I'm on TikTok is I go where the people with the money would not be. So, and, and no shade to Josh Burson, but this is what I told Stacey Harris last year at Cornerstone on Demand. I was like, my goal is to go where Josh Burson isn't. So if Josh Burson is on TikTok, that is where I need to be because that's where the practitioners are and that's where the vendors in the space haven't yet figured out how to tell an authentic story that the narrative is controlled. So um, I think you just have to find your space and your community of people. Uh, but I also think that like this influencer that kind of where people are sharing more about themselves is, is really important. And um, not that you have to share all of your life, but uh, as a differentiator, me sharing my wellness and my mental health journey um, is important because it shows me as an actual human being with feelings and emotions outside of knowing about the space. So 
Um, I think you look for people who are willing to be vulnerable. I like the focus on practitioners personally. Um, somebody who has been a practitioner, uh, I think is, is a good start too, uh, to, to determine who you want to learn from. Um, because I think with generative AI, it's going to be even harder to figure out who's who. And that's why I'm just going to create the most amazing content and the, the most content, because eventually you'll see that we've put in the work, like you guys do this podcast you do this training, you have these conversations, those people who pay for access, they haven't done that work. Um, they haven't been contributing to the community in a meaningful way for a period of time. Um, and, you know, go places where there's no competition, which for me is TikTok. Nobody's over there. And it's so fun to be there. <laughs> it's fun for me. So I'm glad you're there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So Jess, for our listeners, um, what is one thing or what are one or two things that you would share that you would like folks to have heard from this episode or, you know, some key takeaways? Uh, going back to the mental health topic, I, I think that boundaries are just start. Jackie said, just start, just start with one small thing. And for me, one of the things that has been helpful uh, is to create kind of a list of what I'm doing, uh, like to, for like maybe for a week, could be just three days, but I will put it in a spreadsheet. And then every half hour, I'll just make a list of what I worked on. And then when I go through after a couple of days, I'll go through that list and say, okay, is this something that has to be done? Is this something that I want to do? Or is this something that someone else can do? And then using those three things helps me decide what I need to eliminate or delegate or just um, or focus on. Um, it also puts into perspective how much time I spend on social media, TikTok. There's an internet game I've been playing for a while too. Like I did this and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm spending way too much time on this game. I need to remove that. It's not um, helping me fulfill my goal. Um, the other thing I would say is just be true to yourself. I think getting time to know yourself and understand what's important for you uh, and your family uh, are the most important things that you can do, whether it's work or uh, the holidays or something or something else, like getting to know you. And that's why I like the meditation so much because it's helping me really get to know who I am and the person that I want to meet in the future. Awesome. Thank you. Jackie, what you got? Well, I, I am excited. I'm just happy. I've known Jess for, I don't even know now at this point, how long we've known each other. Um, I, I just want people to um, take a look at Jess's content. I do think that you are showing an example of having to be your authentic self while still doing this work in this space. Um, and so if you haven't and you're, and you're curious about people, you don't even have to be in HR. I just recommend that you do that that space because there seems to be such a detachment. And I appreciate you bringing, being real in this space where so many people are just following, you know, not real examples. That seems to be the, the narrative. So that's what I want people to get from this. To make sure that you're following Jess and the, the content because it's a real content from a real person. Awesome. Mine is, uh, I, I have two. My first one is to start watching 
Jessica's workology. Is it, you said workology? Workology blog. Workology blog. Okay. So I'm going to start doing that as soon as we hang up here. Um, and then I think the second thing is, I, you know, in our role in HR, whether that's talent acquisition, HR business partner, whatever the role is, I think there is, it, it is such a thankless role in so many ways. But we also, I, I was just saying to one of my colleagues earlier today, I'm like, I told my CEO, you know, hey, you should go do this thing. And there was no acknowledgement of, oh, Katie said I should do this. It was, they just did it. And those are the things that also like, for me, I don't need you to say thank you, boy, whatever you want to call it. It's knowing that you're making that impact. But I think that also is where you need to have your boundaries because you need to know what are those things that are going to fill your tank or whatever you want to call it. What are the things that are going to make you feel good about who you are and what you are and um, and also get you to to know yourself, as you've kind of mentioned throughout this podcast is, you know, getting to know yourself is such a great and important thing. So Jess, thank you. Uh, this has been fun. Um, and, you know, we, we always love chit-chatting with you. And uh, now we get to share you with the world as well. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Loved being here. Um, if anybody has questions or, or wants to chat um, all over the internet, just send me a, a DM and um, I would I would love to connect. Awesome. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Sarah and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.